Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 192 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren! Hi guys! How are we today, Lauren? We're okay. Life is slowly crushing us and destroying us, but we're okay. We're still standing. Well, that's standing. a positive way to start the show. It is so positive. Our fence just fell down, guys. It's great. And the other one may also fall down today, too. <laughs> We just looked outside and just one of our panels has clearly just just given up the goose. And it's the fence that we didn't think was going to fall down. So, yay! <laughs> that's, our, that's our precursor to recording. This is why we, we need to do jobs. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So yeah, that's our that's our Sunday morning. Yep. Um, it's been fun so far, but it's gonna get better because you know what? We're now gonna talk about Final Fantasy. Yay! Woo! <laughs> and today, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, a kind of sister topic to what we did a couple of episodes ago. My favorite protagonist. My Woo! favorite protagonist. Because some people had said that we've never talked about favorite protagonists before, but I swear we have. I think we kind of have. I I swear we kind of did it. Well, we did it. I guess we maybe we've done it by game. Maybe we've done it by game. Like, because mm. last time with the Final Fantasy VIII stuff, we obviously talked about who was our favorite protagonist in Final Fantasy VIII. And maybe with nine and stuff. Oh, my voice just cracked. No. I'm, going through, <laughs> I'm going through puberty again. Sorry. Um, But yeah, no, Um, I don't know. But I'm happy to talk about it again. We can talk about it all day, every day. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it all day, every day, but yeah. we could do. Yeah, we could do. And that's do. the important thing. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be talking about crossover games. So that's an interesting topic. Um, I'll explain more about that once we get to it. Because ah. we also have some news mm. today. We've got some news. we get some news. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting time. There's actually been some stuff that's been happening. Not specifically mobile game related either. Ooh. I know. But one thing we are not going to be talking about in any great detail, we may get to it when we get there, mm. is the Final Fantasy VII remake stuff that's been going around because the majority of it is bogus. Fake, bogus, fake, yeah. False. False. It's a falsity. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's pretty much our take on that. <laughs> Don't believe Ondor's lies. No. Anyway, for you new folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we are now going to go on to our Patreon shoutouts. And this is for everyone who has paid $2.50 or more per episode. Starting with... Nahi Klabawi. Chris Morales. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Michael Graham. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Tori Patrick. Fayez Bilal. Alex Ray Schneider at Alex Ray Schneider. Lewis James. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Mohabed Kayam. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie One. David Calroy. Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Cappy. Vitanitas. And Janik Nord at Janik Nord. And Welcome. we also have a new Patreon support to this episode, Ooh. which is Elsie Comics. Welcome, Elsie Comics. Thank you for supporting us. Okay, so our main topic this episode. Well, it's Ooh. our co main topic, I'm going to say. Co main topic. My favorite protagonist. Yeah, I get, I get the reference, Lauren. You could just kind of stop doing that. I have to. No, I do. We are not a podcast about that. I am mm. pointing at be. a wall right now. <laughs> I am angered. Be. There's been a murder. <laughs> There's a lot of murders. I mean, in these games, that is true. There is a lot of. Maybe we should do a spoof show. Mm. who did it well most of the time they admit it yeah that's true <laughs> most of the time they're very flamboyant about it <laughs> in this game <laughs> like it would be the worst judicial system ever it would be like who did it me <laughs> and i'll do it again um, all right yeah cool. um and yeah like no one ever really gets yeah basically like in every game when anyone ever accepts that they've kind of murdered someone <laughs> the rest of the hierarchy is just like yeah we knew it's like Kefka murdered a whole town. <laughs> he murdered a whole a whole little like village and nothing. Yeah, just... General Leo's just like, I didn't think he'd go that far. 
Yeah. What are you going to do anything about it now? Like It's like he stole a fruit. I didn't think he'd go that far. It's like he freaking just murdered people. I just people. stood by and did nothing. Oh, dear General Leia. And Leo. Micah. It's like, and Micah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we know he's intent. Yeah. And Kelt's just like, <gasps> what's what? happened? No. And also the oh, fact that, didn't like, you know? like, yeah, like Seymour also murdered all the, all the friggin, um, the Ronzo. The Ronzo. Well, by that point, there wasn't really any hierarchy to answer to. It's very true. They were all anyway, kind of discombobulated. Anyway, come back to antagonists again. Yes. We are talking about protagonists today, and there have obviously been quite a few uh, throughout the years. We're going to focus, though, specifically this time, I think, unless you disagree, mm. main protagonists. Okay. Because otherwise, we're looking at a good hundred plus yeah, characters here. It's, it's very true. But even some games have multiple protagonists, you could argue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, if we're starting right at the beginning, Firion, first yeah. kind of ideal main protagonist, because Final Fantasy 1 didn't have one. Luneth. It was actually me in Final Fantasy 1. Well, technically, that is true. It's I am anyone. the main character. So and that's the best character ever, hands down. Boom. Well, the original Final Fantasy 3 was the same. Yes, it's very true. But then <laughs> Luneth came in. Uh, then you got Cecil, Bart. Final Fantasy 6 obviously had the dubious, who's the main protagonist? Is mm. it Terra? Is it Celes? Is it Locke? Definitely not Celes. Some people make a case. I guess because she has that whole sequence by herself. But then everybody has that. Everybody's the main character of no, Final Fantasy not, VI. No, not quite as much as she does, though. Mm. Because in the she world has the of final Robin, of her yeah, exactly. she's the one that brings everyone back together. No, so cute. Yeah. And then you've got Cloud, Squall, Zidane, Tidus. Final Fantasy Twelve again, dubious. Is it Balthir? Is it Bash? Is it Ash? Or is it Vaughn? <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to make another rhyme. I think we're all... Dash. <laughs> I think we're all sold on the fact that it's definitely not Pinello. It's definitely not Mash either. <laughs> you can see yourself out. <laughs> no. Okay. And then Lightning and, and Noctis kind of mm. round out the, the cast. Yeah. So Lauren, based on that that uh, that selective list there, yes. Who is your favorite protagonist? Um, I think it's a bit of a toss up, and it's really like they're kind of polar opposites of each other. But I would say probably either Squall or Titus. Titus. I could have placed a good portion of money on you predicting those two. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are really good. Like, I do really love Squall. I just think that the sass level is just extreme, and I live for it. Um, I mean, there's some there's some moments in Final Fantasy VIII where I'm just like, Squall, that was, that was really, like, ballsy of you to say, even for you. But I still love it. Um, hashtag no filter yeah hashtag no filter but I love the fact that yeah he has that turning point in the game where he completely sort of takes over um, everything and just grows so much as a character and it's kind of he never really loses himself it's not like hope in Final Fantasy 13 where it's just like I had a revelation and now suddenly I'm a wise boy yeah to be be fair every character in Final Fantasy 13 goes through that yeah and it's a bit annoying um <laughs> no offense to Final Fantasy 13 bless. Um but no, I really do like Squall, but I also love Titus. Um I think that he's another one who doesn't really compromise himself in the end. He's still very much himself near the end, but just a better version of himself. And um I really like him. Yeah. I'm going to be really boring and say the same too. <laughs> Get out of my head. I know. Well, it's so funny today, though, because, like, Daryl keeps coming coming over to me, and it's just like, did you say something? And I'm like, no. And I'm sort of starting to think now that maybe you're just hearing my thoughts. Like, we just, we've amalgamated. We've become the same person. Yeah. It's I mean, weird. like, if, if we're just talking about straight protagonists, I would say those two are, are the best in terms of the development they have and the resonance they have with the kind of target audience. Mm-hmm. Cloud is obviously very popular but i'd say that it's not him as a character that is is so popular it's it's the um it's everything surrounding him as a character yeah like the struggles he goes through and everything that he has with sephiroth which we talked about before in terms of but i do like him i do still like cloud like i like um i like that he's not afraid to make a goof of himself like as one of the things i found so we recently did that cloud facts video and one of the interesting ones that I didn't put in, which um, I may put in a future one and, and embellish on a little bit more, is that they actually changed his personality mm. for for the compilation of Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. because everyone has this misconception that he's like really angsty and emo and all this yeah. stuff, but he's not. 
in the original game he's not that at all he's just having like a mental breakdown because of all the psychological testing that's been done on him yeah i think it's just because like if you play like the first half hour he is that he is very much that way like the not interested i don't i don't care about your politics but like yeah later in the game he's totally not say that's emo though that's just him just saying like i just want the money yeah okay well then he's trump But then he has like that whole mini game with Priscilla. Like honestly, it's a guy, a grown man riding dolphins. That was classic. I think Toriyama came up with that actually. <laughs> but yeah, no, like you know, he's he yeah he's very goofy. But yeah, I would I would I would um I think Cloud obviously he's he's a very strong protagonist. But for me, it's mostly because of the rivalry he does have with Sephiroth. Mm. I don't think he's as strong in himself. It's just that like when you when you go through his story you can have a lot of sympathy for him. Yeah. But I don't think that um like what he does like he doesn't he obviously overcomes some struggles and he does grow as a character, but I think that those struggles are not the same as the ones that Squall and Titus go through. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to you can feel, I said you, you can feel sorry for him, but you can't necessarily relate to Cloud in yeah. the same way. Whereas I think Squall and Titus are are definitely characters that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. Again, it's I'd say the same with Zidane. Like he's he's probably similar, but like you can't. It's it's harder to relate to what he's gone through. But you can have sympathy for what he's gone. He's through. He's more like a caricature. Like other than that one point where he has a mental breakdown, he's pretty much like a caricature of a, just a, a sassy, fun-loving thief, essentially womanizer womanizer boom Mm. but um i do have to give a lot of props to i mean so you could say like Firion and and luneth are like the main protagonists like they they they're sort of the first but i i really do think that cecil is like the first actual main character that we've had and i have to give props to him because i think his journey and his sort of transition um from a dark knight to a uh paladin i think it's just really cool i think it's really interesting he also has the whole love uh with uh rosa and and that type of stuff um but i do think that i i really do feel like he is a very strong he's a very strong main character yeah and that was the really good thing because obviously when they were developing the games, they did Final Fantasy 1, no protagonist, Final Fantasy 2 protagonist, Final Fantasy 3, they went back. And then Final Fantasy 4, they were like, okay, we've got a brand new system. We can go back to experimenting with this new different style of storytelling. Yeah. And Cecil very much benefited from that. And I still remember when I was playing it for the first time and you have that sequence where you have to fight against yourself mm. to become the paladin. And that was that was really impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's really overlooked a lot of the time because he's from a game that's before six um but i think that i think that he he is a really good main character um barts is kind of forgetful i mean i really do love the cast in five i love like um oh uh uh uh, ferris and stuff like i think a lot of the cast is really sassy and fun um obviously you still have like the serious moments um but i I just I don't I don't remember Bart's as much from that game as I do like Gilgamesh. Like Gilgamesh kind of was like a standout character from that game. But with 6 I I have like a sort of a love-hate relationship with 6 because I really do love it. I think that there's a lot of really good things from 6. But you really do hate it. But there's a there's too many characters. There's just way too many characters. I mean, like I do like Tara, but she's a bit broad. Like, <laughs> she's a broad. Um, like, she's, there's not much to her. There's, a, she's kind of like just this loner, mysterious character, but like, there's not much else to her, if that makes sense. I mean, they kind of embellished on it in the second half of the game when she goes to the town and she kind of then finds her place looking after the children. Yeah. Yeah. But she's still kind of, she's, She's not... She's distant. Yeah. And Locke is, like, funny and sassy. But I would actually probably say that Celeste probably has the most development in that game. Um, Have you now come around to the fact that maybe she is the main protagonist? Maybe she in, is. In the last kind of 10 minutes that you've had to maybe. think about it. Yeah. Um, I do think... Well, yeah. Um, I do think she... 
she has a great deal of development and I really like her. Um, I like her arc. I like the fact that, you know, none of, she doesn't really necessarily have the revelation that um, I feel like she doesn't really have the revelation that the Empire is bad on screen. You kind of meet her when she's already thinking like, well, she's trapped up because of the Empire. So she's already sort of changed, but it's like the convincing everybody else that she's different. And I'd say that she also goes through the most emo- emotional turmoil because she obviously has the the relationship that starts developing with, with Locke. Yeah. And then Kefka kind of comes in and then It's like escaping that. your past type of thing. Yeah, and then she has to deal with that because everyone gets whisked away and, and then she's left thinking like, well, these guys now hate me even though I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really, I do like Celeste from that game. I think that's probably, she's probably my favorite character from from six. And then seven, yeah, Cloud. Cloud, I, he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Um, 13, Lightning is really cool, Um, but she's kind of, again, she's kind of like a caricature of, oh, I skipped 12, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Balthier, I like. I do like Balthier. I think the problem that exists with 12 and 13 is that yeah so in 13 lightning is the de facto main protagonist but like when when we were going through and doing her origins video there's a lot of scenes where it's not like the previous games like she she's in a lot of places when things are happening but she doesn't have an opinion like she's not she's not she's just present yeah so it's not like the previous games were like Squall and Titus. Like a lot of the events centered around them. If they were there, they had an opinion. There was a focal point. And it might be them with one other character that was that was happening with. But generally when um, the only time that things didn't revolve around them is when they just weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Lightning was just kind of like the poster girl. Like they just had to pick one character yeah. to put her on the box and like, they picked her. There's There's obviously the whole sequence with her that is hope and lightning kind of travel off together and that's where she gets a lot of the story development in mm-hmm. final fantasy 13 but once everyone kind of comes back together she often takes a back seat in a lot of the sequences and yeah. doesn't necessarily have an opinion or if she does have an opinion it's just like a line and everyone else gets a line so it's not really her kind of stamping her authority on anything she's not like the leader and i wonder if it's sort of um i wonder if her presence sort of uh, was diminished because of the fact that it wasn't her who saved the world. It was Fang and Vanille. Like, you know, you sort of think like, well, Fang and Vanille are the ones who sacrificed themselves. I mean, obviously, Lightning was still looking for her sister, but like maybe if it was Lightning who was able to stop everything. I mean, obviously, they changed it with the later games. She was very much the hero of the later games. Well, um, kind of. She definitely the last one, yeah. but thirteen two she wasn't. She kind of was she was kind of making things happen, wasn't she, during exactly. thirteen two behind the scenes, but you didn't really know what she was doing. Um I think that and that's why I meant with with those two games, like twelve and thirteen, it was a similar situation because you think like um seven, eight, nine, and ten, Titus, Zidane, Squall and Cloud most of the decisions that are made are kind of them and if they aren't they're a big part of it like so it's usually them or the deuteragonist and maybe the tritagonist who are driving things forward but the 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 main protagonist is still part of that conversation and then the rest of the cast don't really have an opinion on it they might say that kind of one line here and there like steiner or freya might might have a little snippet but most of the time it's like garnet's making a decision so dan has an opinion on it they have a like, an argument or a disagreement and then a decision's made. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when it gets to the end of the game, it's Zidane, it's your story now. Yeah. Everyone else kind of takes a backseat. Whereas 13, it didn't really happen that way. Yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, once you get to that point where everyone's together, it's we're going as a group now. And in Final Fantasy 12, it was the same thing. It was like, okay, so now we're on the ending sequence. We're going as a group. No one's taking the lead. Mm-hmm. Because Except, well, Balthier, arguably Balthier. Balthier does have his moments, but again, like once you get towards the end of the thing, it's like, well, actually, Bash has a lot of sequences yeah. because of Gabrant, and yeah. then like, who's the person that's going up against Vane? No one specific. I wonder if it would have been better if Bash and Balthier had combined, like if Balthier was actually Gabrant's brother instead. I wonder if that would have made Ooh, for a better that would have story. been a mind bend for the story. I think that would have been interesting. I mean that that would mean that like Bash was also a judge but Gabranth didn't know he was a judge. 
Like, I just think that it would have been, I think that if they had had that connection, if they just decreased the cast down. Or even like if Ash was just made the main focal point, because it's like she is the focal point of some of it, but not enough. Mm. Like, exactly. Like, obviously, she's she's not likable. That's the other issue is that she's just not likable. Her her mission is, is the wrong mission. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, like as well like thinking about how the game starts it would have been such a better start if you started off as balthier like as a sky pirate that is your that is your yeah and you pick up vaughn you pick up vaughn in the thing when he's like a thief just trying to steal yeah i think that would have been a much better start because i just feel like balthier is the strong the stronger lead of all of them i mean he always like sort of jokes that he's a leading he's a leading man it's like well why do you keep joking that why aren't you just the leading man like, it's just, you know, it's teasing us. It's teasing us, I tell you. But I think it would have been a much better, a much more thought out story if he was the main character. And then we get to 15. Um, I mean, 15, we've talked about a lot. I think um, 15's hard because it it really costs on whether or not you like Noctis. I'm, I'm not sure I like Noctis eerie silence i know i'm not sure i do i just feel like he's because of versus 13 and because of his design and this is going to sound really shallow i think that he should be some way but then he's different yeah i mean they changed him uh, they changed him obviously uh, throughout development i think 15 works because of the the four of them and yeah. that's what it was supposed to be around like the four of them and noctis is the kind of the leader but again it's the same problem in a way that the previous two games had. He's not the leader. Yeah. Like he is the, the the king or whatever and and he's supposed to act a certain way and that causes conflict amongst the group because he doesn't uh, he doesn't yeah. until literally right at the end. Yeah. When he's like, "Oh yeah, no, now I get it." Yeah. Yeah, like I mean to a degree, like Gladiolus is right in the fact that, like, you know, you have to really pick yourself up. Like, why is Gladiolus having to pick up Noctis to sort of fight? Like, that's probably not a strong character that spoiled brat syndrome. Yeah. So, you know, um and, and when when sort of Noctis comes out with these like jokes every now and then, I'm just kind of like, but that doesn't seem like it would come out of you. It's like it's like if if he was talking and all of a sudden a chipmunk voice came out of his mouth. I'm going to get some blowback for this, but it, it feels as though Noctis is like a poor man, Zidane. Mm. Because Zidane, the sequence that Zidane has in Memoria where he finds out everything about his past and everything, he has the low moment and his friends break him out of it and he's and he's he's happy about it. He's okay and he's like, yeah. thank, you for, thank you for breaking me out of this. Let's go do this. Noctis is like that the whole way. He obviously finds out the truth about his father and everything that that me- that he was kind of groomed to do. Then obviously he has the the, the setbacks with with Luna and everything. Um, and Gladio is like, you got to kick yourself out of this, and he just doesn't. Yeah, he just carries on being this like moody, sulking. Like, yeah, sure, you can mourn and everything, but yeah. ultimately, we have a job to do. Yeah, like. You know, um, some people like coming into this, they'll think like, you know, well, it, maybe they it's because they were making Noctis realistic. And like, that's fine. That's great. But the thing is, is that you have to tell a story and you have to tell a compelling story. And if your main character is not strong enough, not, well, maybe strong is the world, wrong word, but, you know, you can have a very emotional character. You can have a very... Um, a, a character who's struggling through a lot. Um, but, but if he's not written correctly, yeah, there ultimately has to be a point where that character becomes really strong. Yeah, and like you think, like Cloud had the same thing. He went through some serious struggles. Yeah, but ultimately, like there's a sequence on the airship where he's like, "I'm not mentally stable right now." Yeah, but you're still going to do what I say. Yeah, and you're going to respect me. Exactly. Yeah, and I just didn't feel like. I, f- I felt like it was too harsh with Noctis. Like it was too much sort of off screen. Let's hibernate in a crystal for 10 years. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, coming out. I'm done. I'm an easy bake oven Final Fantasy character. Woo. It was, I mean, it's, it's the problem that you and I kind of have had with, with 15 in general. It's just that the other characters had better development than Noctis. Yeah. Really. Ignis definitely did. 
and it was it was uh, it was just a problem that the story had pre DLC. Is that yeah, like Ignis was the only one that really had any development. A lot of the other characters they kind of showed it off screen uh, because obviously episode Gradiolus happened, episode Prompto happened. Ignis actually got some development in the game, and Noctis did have development. It just was literally right at the end of the experience because I'd say yeah. that from from the beginning of the game to the hibernation his character doesn't change really no no it's very one note i think it's it's the same issue that i have with lightning actually i would say though that that when when i run through Noctis' story properly again and refresh myself i'm probably gonna eat my words yeah but like the thing is is that i like i think it's it's the same problem i have with lightning and that like they're telling you that he's a king but he's not actually they they're telling you that he's the main protagonist and they're telling you that this is his story and he's strong or whatever which which is fine because yeah. some like obviously he didn't intend for any of this but it's, but it's just it takes too long for it to become yeah. for him to to wake up yeah he's he's not it like final fantasy 10 you know i mean granted it is argued between whether or not titus is the main character or yuna is the main character but you know for a fact that titus is actually a main character um you know and final fantasy 8 you know that squall's the main character final fantasy 7 you know that cloud is the main character like with 13 and 15 it's just like this person's the main character and i, I mean, don't really even want to say why even with final fantasy 7 um right at the beginning of the game the opening bombing mission cloud is just a mercenary yeah he's been hired by avalanche barrett specifically is supposed to be the leader at that point yeah but he's still like asking cloud's permission yeah yeah like it there's there's no ands ifs or buts about it like it's focused on on cloud but either way i um, anyway yeah. so yeah we're wrapping up both of us have just said cloud not cloud school <laughs> Skull and Titus. Are... You're putting words in my mouth. Yeah, Skull and in my Titus. Mouth. Squall, Titus, Titus. Titus, Titus. Um, okay, so now we're going to move on to our second kind of like deuteragonist topic, co-topic. Um, crossover games. So Lewis James on our Discord server suggested that maybe we have a conversation around crossover games. Mm. And it was kind of inspired by the fact that Fist of the North Star have had many games, but the most recent one is being developed by Sega's Yakuza Studio. And it's called uh, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise, in case you're wondering. And basically, they're going to be implementing Fist of the North Star into Yakuza. So Mm. it's all the same mechanics and everything, just with the Fist of the North Star characters and lore. I guess it's just like a, um, oh, what you call it, a... um uh dynasty warriors type thing yeah like where they've done all the warriors games like zelda warriors dragon quest warriors it's just like they there's the mechanics yeah yeah there you go lewis wants to know about the other way around so Mm. which franchises would benefit from having final fantasy mechanics Mm. one thing i would say though is that what do you classify as final fantasy mechanics these days yeah it's true it's true don't shoot us are we are we should we make a pact that we're going to go with kind of like standard Final Fantasy 7 through 9 gameplay yeah, ATB like, system? Yeah, I would say ATB system. Okay, so if that's the case, the obvious candidates would be like Mario, Sonic, uh, but Mario obviously has had RPGs, Super yeah. Mario RPG, and Paper Mario is what it kind of evolved into. Sonic is another one that I'm very close with, but there's already been Sonic Chronicles, which mm. was developed by Bioware. Thinking further out the field, I was like... <laughs> So what what franchises would work with this? Because because they do happen. Like Halo had Halo Wars. Like they do. People yeah. experiment with other genres as they're looking to establish like more of a franchise. It's like a collab. And then I was thinking, oh, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Acid already happened. Strategy RPG <laughs> from Metal Gear franchise, and I absolutely love that game. Just for reference, I bought a PSP to play it. Yeah, you have both copies um, still. Can look at them. And then I was like, well, what? Like, what else would really work in this kind of field? And I, for some reason, I feel as though if they did, like, a Street Fighter RPG, <laughs> that would work quite well, yeah. like, in the same kind of thing. Because, like, you've seen it with anime productions. All you've got to do is just pick, like, a kind of the cast of characters. Like, you have Ryu and Ken as, like, maybe your main two protagonists. Have the story focus around them. But there's enough good guys in mm. in street fighter that you can have like guile and cami uh like all these guys just kind of building it around and and then you've obviously got people like zangief and e honda who could be like the mini bosses and then you've obviously got m bison who's like the main bad guy you can even make a new one up i don't know yeah but um just get jean-claude van damme back <laughs> or raul julia yeah um 
No, you can't get him back. No, you can't get him back. Yeah, but someone attack. similar. But it's a game. You could. I know. I know. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, <laughs> I just thought of one as well. Like, um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh. The Witcher. The Witcher RPG. <laughs> the Witcher JRPG. They could go full circle because yeah, yeah everyone's hoping that. Final Fantasy 15 would be like The Witcher 3. Yeah. Yeah, they could just make a Final Fantasy. I mean, Witcher. they did make a card game, right? Yeah. So they're um, open. They're open to <laughs> experimentation. I also think like from software, I wonder what kind of JRPG they would make. Like I was what thinking, would the bosses be like? I was thinking Dark Souls as like a <laughs> yeah. but, but then there's no protagonist as such. Well, they would have to make one, wouldn't they? Or but it could they... be like the original Final Fantasy one. They could be like, like you just yeah. have like a you have a like cast an MC. Of... Yeah, I mean that's what they do with the Persona series. Like the Persona series, a lot of the times the main character doesn't really have much of a Dragon Quest it's as well. It's just kind of like a shell. Um, but yeah, Dragon Quest and um, yeah, I mean they could work that in. But the other one that I was thinking, which would also not be that far of a jump, is um, Mass Effect. I mean, I was like Skyrim, Fallout. Fallout mm-hmm. used to be more yeah. of a tactical RPG. Yeah. They could bring it back. Yeah, I think I think Fallout fan. Well, I don't know. It, has it been too long for fans in Fallout? Would they still be like? Would it then become a spinoff, even though it was the original. Yeah, yeah. Like what the heck? Well, it, that's kind of like what they're doing with with Square Enix in general, aren't they? They it would, shipped it all off to Tokyo. It would be RPG like the factory. um. It would be like the. You're not going to get this analogy so much, but some people may. It's like in sports where. You have a, especially in America, this happens. I don't think mm. it really happens anywhere else, but you have a team that in a city. Yeah. The franchise moves to a new city. So the fan base go like, oh, we're going to support these guys now, even though they're not in our city, new name. And then someone in their infinite wisdom remakes the original team <laughs> in the old city. So then there's two teams. So who do you support then? Do you support mm. the new team in the old, in the new city? Or I guess do you support like, the new team in the new city? Like Man City and Manchester United? No. Is that, is that, what is that? Like, that's just two teams in the same city. What I'm talking about, so there's a specific situation <laughs> here that happened. It's happened many times. Your so looked sports into are it. so confusing. It's happened many times. Although in, it's America, in, didn't yeah. you say? So yeah. San Jose earthquakes moved to Houston, right? We have a problem. And then they remade the San Jose earthquakes. So who do you support? Do you support the San Jose earthquakes that moved to Houston or do you support the San Jose earthquakes that are now back in San Jose? I don't support any earthquakes because they're scary. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, with Fallout, they could do that. They could go back, but then it yeah. will just cause... But like Sonic Problems. have done the same thing because now they've got the whole new Sonic, old Sonic. Yeah, it's true. And everyone prefers old Sonic, apart from kids who prefer yeah. new Sonic. I like Sonic Boom Sonic. I don't like... Well, to be fair, you're talking about new Sonic now. I'm with talking like about a, Sonic Mania Sonic. I know, I know. And versus so- I Sonic... I know, but like, technically, technically new Sonic is freaking Sonic Forces terrifying. is the new one, right? Sonic no, Forces? No, the film. I'm not... I'm pretending that doesn't exist. <laughs> now. Until they fix things, that film does not even... You will fix it. Yeah. But yeah. So we're going with... I'm going to go with Street Fighter. Mm. You're going with Mass Effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I just want to see Garrus again. I just want to see Garrus. I think it could work. Yeah. It's just that, I mean, Mass Effect needs a win right now. I know. Bless them. Um. Okay, so news. So uh, our first one is about Dissidia NT. It's, uh, they announced last week that it's going to be going free to play. Yay! Fun fact, we obviously <laughs> predicted this a while ago, and then it was announced as going free to play in Japan. Um. Shout out to kind of Barry and Echo who were talking about this in the discussion before yeah. we then stole their subtly <laughs> stole their predictions and um, we just borrowed it. We borrowed it. Family Thank given. you, Barry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is what was announced. Um, so basically, how it's going to work is that um, it's on the PC and PlayStation Four. I don't think they're cross compatible, but you can play with any other people that have, are on that system, whether it's free to play or, or a paid version of the game, mm. and. They are going to have four champions who are on rotation every week. You can then play as much as you want as those four. It's kind of how it used to be with League of Legends, where they just make a certain amount of characters available. If you then like that character, you can buy that character individually to carry on playing as that character forever. The one thing that's strange is that they're not including DLC characters in the rotation, as far as I'm aware. They really should do. If they're going to, they really should do, because that's the easiest way to get, like oh, I really like this character. Why don't I just buy it? Oh, that's fun. You I guess know? they're thinking maybe, well, they'll just buy the season part. I don't know. Yeah, it's really confusing. 
But either way, I mean, yeah, this will give some people a taste. And also, like, it'll give people who maybe have a really kick-ass, kick-butt, <laughs> a really kick-butt computer who um, maybe don't have PlayStation Plus as well because you won't need, yeah. you'll just need it's internet for the computer It's literally free on the PC, yeah. whereas, yeah, PlayStation 4, you need PlayStation Plus to play it. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this is actually I was able to head to Square Enix to check the game out. You so lucky boy. I was invited to go and play the City of NT on the PC mm-hmm. um, to kind of re-engage with the game and just check it out again. And it does look so good. Like I was playing it even on the PlayStation 4. I don't, we don't have a pro or anything, but I was just checking it out and I was just like, this game looks really good still, mm. even though it's a year old now. And actually really a lot older yeah. than that because it's the arcade version. Yeah. But it does look really good. And I was able to play, I was playing with like five other guys um, from kind of different creator-ish. Some of them are Twitch streamers, some of them are esports people, some of them are just YouTubers like we are um, or podcasters. Um and yeah, we played like four hours straight, and it was it was so much fun. Um, just playing with a, like a, just a group of people, like yeah. not really caring about whether we won or lost. Yeah, which is the fun thing. Like it was just like, oh well, you know. Yeah. Just having fun and like kind of figuring out what characters you can play that complement others, like which characters you're really good at, which ones you're not so good at, and and just kind of come out with basic strategies. And it was just it was just fun and. I think a lot of people on our Discord server have been kind of reconnecting with it as well. So if you are interested in, in checking out DCDNT when it does go free to play, then uh, definitely check out the Discord server and find some people to play with because that's, that's the best way. Like yeah. just getting a little party set up, even if you don't necessarily know the people straight away. Like I had no idea who I was playing with, but by the end of the like three, four hours, like we we were getting on fine and coming friends up with strategies. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say we were friends for life, but, um, but yeah. we, we had fun. Yeah, no, it's good. Okay, so next on our list is that uh, Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age, which is coming out on Xbox One and Switch, is going to have some new mechanics. So obviously the Zodiac Age changed quite a lot from the International Zodiac Job System, which changed quite a lot from the original game. (laughs) They just keep changing it. And now they're going to be doing something that I, I, I understand why they're doing it, but I don't like the fact they're doing it. Mm. so they're adding the ability to reset and change your jobs uh, if you just talk to Mont Blanc and the reason why I'm unhappy about this decision is that I think it just kind of flies in the face of everything that Ito was trying to do with mm. Final Fantasy 12 like if you go back like when I was doing the video of everything that's changed he said a lot in the Ultimania for the Zodiac Age about why he did this why he did this because in the original Final Fantasy 12 it was a, a system where every character became every other character mm. you do like the license board you could do anything with anyone and like that's that's great and some people really like that but the, one of the reasons that i enjoyed playing final fantasy games was that every character was unique yeah like if you're playing final fantasy 9 everyone has a job role and and that's just how it is like yeah everyone has specialisms uh, and they're geared towards cert- certain things whereas in in 12 you could just do it so that everyone just becomes homogenous like and every yeah. character is the same. Like it's, yeah. it's no real fun. And everyone just finds the ultimate optimized route. And then, yeah, every character yeah, just becomes goes. identical. Yeah. not It's not fun. And, and like Ito made the same conclusion in, th- in that he, that's why he put the job system in. Like once you pick a job, that's it. Yeah. You can't change it because yeah. you have to stick with your decisions. And every it, it helps to make like more diversity within the cast of characters. I, I don't know why, I, I guess because of pressure from fans, like they're just getting fed up with the fact that they couldn't change jobs. Yeah. Um, but it's just the fact that the, Ito mentioned a lot of philosophical things as to why he made this decision and yeah. then it's been reverted. I'm guessing that he was consulted on the change. Maybe. Because I know that he's been supervising the Zodiac Age. I don't know if he was is still supervising the Zodiac Age, but I think it's just a shame that mm-hmm. like it's it's like if someone... It's a piece of art. Yeah. And then someone's come in and just changed it because they didn't yeah. like it 10 years later. Yeah, like added a mustache to um, like Mona Lisa. And something. it's not like he's, he's made the decision. No. Well, maybe he has, but like it just it just seems a bit weird to me. I yeah. I mean, it's all, I also just find it a bit weird that this is like exclusive to the Xbox One and the Switch. I mean, it's just what happens with these things. Like, it we is, saw but it with... it's just a weird... It's a weird... Um, it's a weird sort of selling point like i don't think it's necessarily supposed to be a selling point i think it's more just that it's the latest version so they've made some modifications 
uh, I mean, in the past, like it's it's not the only modification. Like you can now switch between gambit sets. So yeah. it's, depending on what you're doing, you can have different setups. And... But then it's like, why can't you just update it for? Well, they to be honest, they probably will do. Yeah. Um, I think in the past they've been very bad with doing that. But I think the Final Fantasy XII team specifically have shown that they aren't so bad with it. Like they continued patching the PlayStation 4 version up to a year after it released with different yeah. tweaks and, and fixes. Yeah. And obviously they added certain things in based on kind of player player demand. So I I think that if any version or any any port, like because the 10 remaster, they didn't yeah. put stuff back in the PlayStation 3 yeah. version. I think of any, of any game that they've done, this is the one where it will be more likely to be added into the PlayStation 4 version and the Steam versions. But I guess we'll just kind of have to see. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like, the one that I think is the most annoying is just the New Game Plus. Like, I think the fact that they're going to add it so that you can carry over your belongings is really... I mean, that's what that's what a lot of old New Game Pluses do. Like, with Final Fantasy um, X-2, like, it was, it was really nice to just have all of my stuff back. I don't have to go find ribbons again. Yeah, and I think, like, that's the... To, that's the difference between the the resetting the jobs thing and just having belongings carried out. That's like yeah. a a, sm- a slight cosmetic tweak. Yeah, like it doesn't really change anything. It just yeah. saves you some time. Yeah. Whereas the other thing is, it was there was a philosophical reason as to why yeah. that decision was made. It wasn't yeah. just like an oversight or a neglectful thing of like, oh, we we should probably should have done that. Let's fix it. It was like an actual. There was an actual rationale that was really deep-rooted behind the reason why he did it so you couldn't change jobs, and then they've just done it so you can change them. But I guess it's no different to, like, I, I really like playing the games on Steam now because you just have a fast-forward button and you don't have to, like... Yeah, but I think that's stuck an oversight. Yeah. Like, it doesn't change anything in the game. It just means you can play a bit faster. Yeah, yeah, but I love it. <laughs> but Like, yeah. if they came back... Because, like, obviously, back then, no games had fast-forwards. No. Like, if they said, actually, there was a specific reason why we wanted the game to be slow, mm-hmm. and that's why we're not doing it, then fine. Yeah. But I don't think anyone said that. No, no. But I really like it. Anyways. um, So the next one uh, is kind of sad, especially because it's on my birthday, but... um. I mean, we never got it anyway, but Final Fantasy XI Grandmasters is shutting down. Yet another mobile game to go into the Square Enix graveyard, Final Fantasy mobile graveyard of games. Um, So Season 2 was launched just in mid-2017, not that long ago. I mean, I actually thought it was last year, but yeah, it was two years ago now that Season 2 kind of happened, which was I think two years after the game launched. So... Yeah, I guess they just sort of thought, you know, it's time to pull the cable. I mean, they've had, like, that's the thing. Like, they they really have been inundated with with mobile games um, for fans to choose from. So, yeah, maybe this was just a thing where it was just one too many and this one is just I mean, also, I think with mobile games, there is a notion of um, them kind of becoming old and stale. Yeah. And, like, this game... It was part of that generation of like, I'd say Record Keeper is kind of in there as well. Like the older generation of mobile games that started doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like maybe now the, it's just not, the mechanics don't work so much anymore or like it's just not sustainable it's from a revenue hard. perspective. It's just hard from a fan perspective. I don't know how people choose like, because obviously if you're paying money into it, if it's like a loot box type thing, I feel like you have to be committed to one. Otherwise you are like, just completely yeah, down in your money like like your whole paycheck probably just goes into freaking uh, yeah. mobile games i mean it could also just be that there's obviously they announced in the recent uh financial report that they're restructuring the entire organization yeah so they used to have like 11 business divisions with some dedicated to mobile but some mobile games were made within the other business divisions so maybe it's it's in line with that and maybe they're just yeah. trying to cull out some of the older mobile games so they can have a better Cut focus yeah. And then we've just got two more small news pieces, which is one that Left Alive launched and it is apparently terrible, mm. which is a shame because yeah. it looked like when they were announced it, like they did so with the fact that they'd got the the concept artist from the Metal Gear franchise to do all the graphics and, and the concepts and everything. And like they had some of the team um, and it was going to be a front mission game. And I think... Like, a lot of people that I knew were optimistic about it. Yeah. But it's just reviewing so badly. It's, like, on a meta or open critic of, like, 38. Metacritic. I'm saying open critic. Open critic. What's open critic? 
it's a more honest Metacritic. Oh, it's it's it doesn't have all the sassiness. Yes, it is. It is. It is more transparent. Let's say. <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's it is a shame because it's just another it's just another game in their sort of thing now. Like, I mean, they had um oh what was the name of the other game the 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 quiet the quiet the man. quiet man like it just seems to be. I mean, granted, Kingdom Hearts three definitely saved their reputation completely, and they're quite rightly really sort of brushing this one under the rug as well. But um. It is just a shame. Yeah. Because, yeah, it could have been a cool thing with the Metal Gear Solid guy. Yeah, it's just like, it, it feels like from, from the reviews I saw, it's just, it doesn't really know what it is. Yeah. Like, is it a stealth game? Is it an action game? Like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing was that Octopath Traveler, which obviously did really well when it launched on the Switch, um, is unfortunately going down the same route. It's going to have a mobile spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> boom like i just don't like when will they learn their lesson yeah like what what do they want people to do uh but they did at kind of at the same time announced that they are working on a sequel to it a follow-up uh and it's even though octopath traveler didn't come out that long ago it feels like um they're saying that it's taking longer than they expected to work on the sequel Mm. so that's why they're releasing the mobile game to tide people Uh, over but why can't they just uh Put the resource that they would have put in the mobile. I guess it's to get money flowing in so they can... Yeah, but there again, they already have money flowing in from other things. Like a freaking... I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe each of the um, things have their own like budget or something. Yeah, each of the business divisions will have their own P&Ls. Yeah, but it is kind of silly. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the news rounded out. It's kind out. of a damper note to end on. I'm sorry, it? okay, but I've got a cool music announce- uh, arrangement oh, okay, for us to that's go through. Good. Yeah, so the music this episode is from Final Fantasy X-2 Ooh. and it's an arrangement of Eternity um, by Balzifer, I think is how you say it. Mm. Um, so actually... Um, Obviously, Eternity is, is a fantastic piece of music it from Tenti. We do frequently um, sing it. Balzifer is is one of the YouTubers along with Onion Soldier, who actually are responsible. Well, not responsible. It's not their job or anything. They, we don't. We're not relying on them. Yeah. But they do upload like pretty much every single Square Enix soundtrack to their YouTube channels, um, and like in in massive depth. Yeah. Um, so like all of the Dissidia soundtracks are on there. Like even all the new stuff, all the Final Fantasy 15 ones are on there. They put in a lot of the spinoff ones too. So generally you would have listened to these, these uh, news like channels from these guys without maybe even realizing it. Um, but Balsifer obviously does his own arrangements too. And he uses the other stuff to kind of draw people in to hear what he does, which is good strategy, I would say. But yeah, Ten Two is is obviously a fantastic piece of music. Many, 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 many years ago um there was an amazing vocal arrangement done by uh christine. vietnamese i think she's vietnamese um vocalist called christine sa we sing that all the time yeah it's like, great it's such a nice one and, i can't listen to the song without singing it and the piano collections version of eternity is also probably i'd say one of the best piano songs that the square Enix has officially produced in my honest opinion oh imho mm. So hopefully you guys enjoy listening to the arrangement that uh, Balsifer did of Eternity. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 26th of March. And of course, if you want to catch up with everything we're doing, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, if you just search for Final Fantasy, where there are thereabouts. Apparently, according to uh, one of the many websites out of the track progress, we are consistently within the top 100 video game podcasts in North America, which I still think is crazy. I mean, I can't believe that we still we still reach out to Japan as well. Yeah, we're on the best. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Thank you, everybody. Arigato. <laughs> Arigato gozaimasu. Yeah, there you go. If you do really enjoy what we do, though, then... then come along for the ride um we obviously like love it if if for people to kind of become patrons of us and actually we're we're looking to redo our patreon at some point in the near future we've just redone our youtube one we're now looking to redo the podcast one to make sure it's more in line with what we can actually deliver uh, Mm -hmm. and and give you guys extra value as well so feel free to like join up on there and and give us feedback on what you'd actually like to see us produce for you guys yeah definitely also, if you uh, want to catch up with all the news coverage, then check out the website, funfancy.com. And there's also a link to the Discord on there if you want to join the server. I think there's almost 600 people on our server now just talking about Final Fantasy and other goodness. So, yeah. yeah, join us. Have fun. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, it's time to say goodbye, Lauren. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a finalfantasyunion.com 
production. <laughs>